In truth, it was a symbiotic relationship. The villagers needed the Owens to provide greater drama than their own petty squabbles and intrigues, while the Owens needed the anonymous sperm donations. Even Dorothy herself had never known her father. Dorothy was the only Owen ever to have left the hamlet and been allowed to return. There had been one who had left before her, her mother's cousin who had emigrated to Australia. The cousin, whose departure was seen as a betrayal, had never been spoken of since. Dorothy herself had barely been forgiven. Her great-aunt blamed a cinema. Edith, Dorothy's mother, had been a flighty, over-imaginative creature who had seen The Wizard of Oz at an impressionable age. Winifred was convinced that if Edith had given her daughter a Welsh name, Dorothy would never have wanted. As it was, Dorothy had fled for London at the age of sixteen and had found herself an apprenticeship at the Imperial War Museum. It had taken her another eighteen years to find her way back to Wales. You on for good, then? Winifred ventured, reading a fatalism in the slump of her niece's shoulders. The girl had a body, the aunt noted, that seemed prematurely resigned to ageing. For a while, I have an interview at Shrewsbury Castle. They're looking for a curator for the museum. The castle? That's a terrible place. I don't know why you want to work for the English. Mean, treacherous race who slaughtered your ancestors. Dorothy restrained herself from pointing out that it was the very same race that kept the village's souvenir shop and weekend cottages thriving, preventing it from becoming yet another ghost town. Still... It was the local English weekenders with their four-wheel drives who would regularly pull up outside Winifred's cottage to point out the witch their restless nose-picking kids. She watched as the nonagenarian poured the tea from a huge silver pot, hands trembling. Winifred's long paisley dress was more reminiscent of the 1960s than an ancient sorcerer's gown. It had probably been donated by the local thrift shop, and besides, what witch would get her food delivered by meals on wheels? Certainly not one with any dignity, and dignity was what her ancient relative exuded from every cell of her gnarled body. No, what great Aunt Winifred was suffering was the persecution every happily single woman suffers, the predictable social condemnation of her independence and childlessness. Dorothy reminded herself of what she'd learned during a university course on feminist history, with a strong Marxist slant. Spinsters are a threat to patriarchy. As she grasped the china cup, she contemplated the possibility of elevating her great-aunt to the status of heroine. Still single? Winifred went straight for the jugular. Dorothy's noble contemplation plummeted to the ground. Her great-aunt had an unerring capacity to sniff out anyone's Achilles' heel. The young woman blushed and nodded. Feminism aside, she still found it hard not to feel stigmatized by that word. Nothing to be ashamed of. We Owen women have a long history of going it alone. One day I'll show you how. They don't call me the merry spinster for nothing. Now drink your tea and make your breast grow. Sipping at the scalding brew, Dorothy put the last statement down to approaching dementia. Great-aunt Winifred was, after all, ninety-nine. 
It was then that she noticed the knitting bag at her aunt's feet. A mangy sack, woven from hoary greenish thread, it was almost indiscernible against the moss-covered slate that paved Winifred's courtyard. Suddenly it jumped. As if something were trapped inside, Dorothy looked again. The fabric definitely seemed to be twitching. Was she hallucinating? Could it be the nettle tea? She glanced back at her aunt, who smiled serenely, but not without a certain smug innocence. The bag jumped again, this time unmistakably. What's that? Dorothy pointed to the bag, ensuring there could be no ambiguity. Aunt Winifred pursed her lips, indicating a grievous invasion of privacy. Harold, he's a family heirloom. You'll be getting one when I die, and that's all I have to say on the matter. She gazed blankly up towards the sky.